What is the scariest movie you have ever seen? What is a scary movie that I haven't... I don't know. I'm trying to think of... What about um, Hairspray? <laughs> what? <laughs> the yeah, musical? like John Travolta in drag. Oh, my God. You're going to be ridiculous. You're not going to take this. Seriously. Okay, Eddie, moving on to you. What is the scariest movie you have <laughs> ever seen? Poltergeist. Ooh, yeah. Poltergeist. Which is funny because that's rated PG. Is it really? It is. I guess, well, that, yeah. was, that was like the year PG. before they realized that they needed another rating and then they came up with PG 13. So that movie's yeah. not quite our material. But Poltergeist, I mm. love that. So ghosts and, you know, things haunting and possessing a certain area are among the things that scare you. Yeah. And like, um, kind of like that, uh, a feeling of like an ancient evil. Mm you know yeah same yeah a, a unbeatable evil as well you know something kind of bigger than human beings the answer to my question is the film that we're talking about today the exorcist really i saw it when i was 11 years old in a movie theater upon re-release and oh boy what a traumatizing mm. uh, event that happened to me but i also think that Movies that have to do with demon possessions are amongst my least favorite because they tend to bother me the most. So, and it also has to do oh. with the thing that we're all scared of, which is death and what happens after death. And these are movies that kind of give you an answer of what might possibly await you after death. You think so? <laughs> wow, I have so many questions for your interpretation mm. of these. Interesting, yeah. I feel like these films are very existential at their core, which is why they're also so effective and have such lasting power. But... Oh, spoiler alert, I just realized how much I don't care for these types of movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd love to find the one thing that you really do care for, Rolando. <laughs> In terms of scary movies? In, in terms of media in general, other than, like, The Housewives. I don't really care for The Housewives. Really? Well, then there yeah. we go. The one thing I thought for certain was, like, a, a win for Rolando is not even I don't a win. Know why you would think, I don't even know why you would think I... I don't watch Housewives. I'm not that gay. <laughs> I'm gay. I'm just not what that gay. What do you gay. mean? You wanted to watch, like, the Utah one. I did. I tried to watch the Utah one, and even then I lost interest. Okay. Because it was, like, a new franchise, yeah. and, like, I was just like, okay, maybe a lot of gays talk about this. Maybe it will be my thing. And it was just like, ah, maybe. it was fine. But uh, Gossip Girl. I thing. know you love Gossip Girl. I enjoyed Gossip Girl. I don't love Gossip Girl. <laughs> he doesn't love anything. Okay. Yeah, Nicole, so you're not going to win this one. <laughs> Seriously, he's just going to fight me onto this. this. But we are yeah. back from a long hi hiatus, and we are here to perform an exorcism on the new film, what? Exorcist Believer, which is supposed to be the first film in a new trilogy. Are we excited for this no. idea of a trilogy? Or are we not? I don't know. You're going to have to stay tuned and listen to yeah. our thoughts. Definitely stay tuned. I am Nicole. Although... <laughs> I'm not hiding it very Yeah, well. no, you're not. Uh, <laughs> I'm Rolando. And I'm Eddie Z. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. So, like I said, if you are new to this podcast, you probably don't know that we took a little bit of a break, a longer than usual hiatus, but, you know, life just 
just got out of hand for a little bit there. So we apologize that it took us so long to come back, but we're back. Mostly work. Yeah, we missed our anniversary. We did miss <laughs> We did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you believe? Happy five years, Orlando. Is it five years? years? I thought it was four. Five years. Since 2018, we have been releasing oh episodes. Oh, my God. And we're not millionaires yet. This is I know, seriously. concerning. <laughs> what are we doing wrong? We don't know. But it's like it's nice to be back and to talk to you guys we about some publicist. media franchise properties. Sure, yeah, I we were kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel to figure out what we're going to bring you guys for the remainder of the year. Yeah, surprisingly, it was kind of slim pickings, but well, the strike isn't helping. It is you know? not now, and um, but yeah, oddly enough, a lot of original content coming out this year. Uh, which is nice, yeah. but hard for us. Yeah. Not like the last couple of years where it was just like, we had to be really choosy. So, mm-hmm. but we're back for spooky season. It's October and it's a brand new movie that just came out. So we figured we had to talk about one of the most prolific horror franchises of all time, The Exorcist. So mm-hmm. I saw The Exorcist when I was 11 in a movie theater. But what about you guys? When did you see it? I first saw it when I was in eighth grade. Okay. I don't remember how, I guess I was like, what, 12 years old, maybe 13? Mm-hmm. Maybe 13? Uh, Maybe 13. So me, my friends used to come over. We used to watch movies at my place and stuff. And the group of friends I was with at the time, like they were really into like kind of spooky stuff, like horror. And uh, Exorcist was one of their favorite movies. I think I may have liked it like to be a part of the friend group, but... Like, upon rewatching it, I was just like, God, I, was this movie always this fucking boring? <laughs> that was my re- yeah. reaction. Yeah. Upon rewatching it. I told you. I told you it was going to happen. Yeah, you were right. Because I, I, I remember. it's going to happen, and we'll talk why it's going to happen. Yeah, okay. The reason why, and, and because it affects our response to this particular movie, too. A little bit. Yeah, because I hadn't rewatched, as I do things backwards, right? I watched the new one first, and then I rewatched the original one. When did you watch the case? new one last uh, night? We watched it last night. Okay. Yeah. So when did you rewatch the original this morning? This morning. Wow. Yeah. Okay. What a way to start your yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Talk about like, oh my God. So I'm so bored. No. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I remember enjoying the film, right? Like my friends, we were like all, they want, they liked like the kind of the paranormal spooky stuff and devil shit. And uh, like, that was what they found to be the true scariest thing. Uh, so I think, for me, I uh, I just went with the flow and stuff. But like, I, I guess I just never really resonated with that kind of stuff. I always thought that stuff was kind of idiotic, mm. in my opinion. Okay, okay. And I still stand by it. Like, I'm realizing, like, it's just like, oh, this is just not my type of horror. Like, like devils coming out to get you. Because, you know, I think maybe for me it has to do with the fact that, like, why why does would a demon need to possess us, right? We're already as evil as we are. <laughs> as a human race you know yeah yeah uh so look cynical. at the middle east right now for uh yeah for examples mm-hmm. okay all right yeah we don't need a devil to take possession in order for us to get scared of our behaviors actually as human beings we are scary enough i, I get that i dig that eddie what about you oh i saw this i saw this as one of those re-release in movie theaters yeah same mm-hmm. um and we didn't finish it because my sister was like, uh, no, thank you. And she got up and she like, we left. I was, I was a kid. I was like a little kid and I wasn't also appreciating it. Mm. Um, but she was like, 
yeah, she was like, no, I'm out of here. This is this is too much. Yeah, no, same. My older half sister took me and my biological sister to see it. I was 11. She was 13, 14, went with a bunch of friends. And I remember they were like laughing a lot of the time, but truly they were laughing because <laughs> because they had to or else they would have been crying because we were all way too young for it. And it definitely was a lot. And this was when they like put the, the backwards walking on the stairs back in the movie. So like all the things that were mm-hmm. in the original 1973 release, they put back mm-hmm. for this year. Okay. Yeah. So. That's what I'm going to ask. Is it possible that the version that I saw was just not as long as the one that's currently available on HBO Max? Probably. I would assume that the one that is currently available has the walk down the stairs, which would be longer, which is about 10 minutes longer than the original film. The original film was just under two hours. I think the director's cut is two and a half. I mean, no, it's two hours and 10 minutes. Okay. Okay. This one was two hours, so maybe not actually. Oh, but maybe theatrical cut. Was all this stuff like in the beginning in like at Cairo or Egypt or wherever we were? That was all in the original. Yeah, that's yeah. all in the original. Yeah. yeah. God, I don't. I do not. I was like watching it. I was like, I don't remember this. Yes, yeah, it's, it's in... not the more memorable part of the film, <laughs> for sure. But it's <laughs> no, kind of the backstory. Like... Um, it kind of like of the exorcist yes of the actual exorcist itself this is kind of like right. a frankenstein like thing where people confuse the monster for frankenstein no frankenstein's a doctor the exorcist is not the demon possessing the child of reagan the exorcist is the person who performs the exorcism and gets rid of the demon possessing reagan just to and mm-hmm. the main priest that we follow isn't even the exorcist he's just the assistant to the exorcist yeah even though at the end you know he kind of saves the day in a weird sort of way, which we'll get into really quick. Uh, This movie had a 12 million budget and it was such a smash hit because of word of mouth and people talks of people fainting and throwing up in the movie. This movie made over $400 million. It was pretty freaking crazy. Pretty sweet. Um, It also made a lot of changes to the ratings board. So originally they wanted to uh, rate it X. This was when X was still a thing. But they made a couple of cuts to make it rated R and stuff, so it could be for a wider audience. And a lot of let me tell uh-huh. you, the ratings board is like the biggest scam. Yeah, in Hollywood, it really is. Uh, did you ever see? Did you ever see the documentary? Uh, this film is not yet rated. I haven't seen that yet, but I should probably. Oh, should. it's such a good one mm-hmm. that like kind of shows you like an inside look, oh, as best as inside as you can get. Because the problem is, the board won't even tell you why they have given you a certain rating. Mm. And you can't even use previous films as examples for why it doesn't deserve a rating, right? It's always going to be like a new rating every time. Yeah. And like, they're cool with violence, but like when it comes to sex, forget it. Oh, no, it's the worst. And in this case, demonic shit is just like, oh, no, because we're like desecrating our Christian values. Oh, my God. We have to give it an X rating. Fuck that. No, it's absolutely bullshit. There's this film called Crash. Uh, not the Oscar-winning film. Another film about these people who That's what I was develop a sexual fetish due to car crashes. And so they can only get off if they see or witness car crashes or they induce car crashes. And the film... That's a really weird fetish to develop. Like, it's a very interesting film. Where you just messing around on a highway and saw a car crash and that's just like ooh this is it forever well the main character got into a car crash almost died and then he needs to kind of like relive that adrenaline rush and he becomes almost sexually addicted to it auto erotic asphyxiation (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) no it was the 90s um but (laughs) (laughs) there's a bunch of scenes of heterosexual sex and there's one of homosexual sex and it's what gave it an NC-17 rating isn't that bullshit that's so funny (laughs) 
That's so hilarious. But that's the fucking MPAA for you. That's the ratings board and that's their morals and all that bullshit. Anyway, uh, this movie, a huge, a huge hit. William Friedkin is the filmmaker. To me, he's actually one of the best filmmakers of the 70s. He's also made The French Connection. He also made Sorcerer and a film called Cruising, which is actually a film that got heavily banned and was um, boycotted by gay people because it depicted gay life in New York with like Al Pacino starring in it and it went like head deep it actually yeah he was like an undercover cop undercover cop like uh, trying to break up uh, these trying like, to figure out this serial teams. killer that who is pretty oh, much that's right. preying was, on yeah. people at the Eagle they shot at the Eagle so very interesting film I actually really love that film but so he's he goes there with his movies he's dark he's not afraid to like get gritty about shit and this movie actually mm-hmm. had quite the production held to the point where a lot of people thought this movie was cursed I don't know if you heard about any of the problems that happened, but originally it was slated for 85 days. It took over 200 days to film this movie. There was Damn. a six-week delay after a bird flew into a circuit breaker on the house sets, and a fire started and destroyed all the sets except for Reagan's room. Mm-hmm. There okay. was an of course <laughs> right <The> urban legends <laughs> right? stem from this. Later, another set was severely damaged by a sprinkler system. The statue of Pazuzu was shipped to the wrong location. Uh, Ellen Burson and Linda Blair Imagine. suffered some severe back injuries that pretty much gave them chronic health issues. Mm. And a lot of people... Wait, Linda Blair recognizes herself as a them? I just... No, because there's two of them, I called them they. Oh, uh, who? Is Ellen Burson and Linda Blair. Oh, uh, both of them? Yeah, both of them. Like so there's two oh. takes in the movie that gave them chronic back issues that William Friedkin used in the movie. The one where Chris is thrown backwards... And she's like thrown against the thing that gave her back issues mm-hmm. for the rest of her life. And um, I'm pretty sure that the one that when she's like strapped, but then they're like, she's being risen and like the straps are still holding her down. That also, that oh. gave Linda Blair some issues. So, and then a bunch that of people could like, uh, that could really mess up your shoulders, which I'm experiencing at the moment. Yeah. She so. got scoliosis from that essentially. Oh, crazy. Huh? Uh, I should have laughed. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's kind of not funny. And a bunch of people who worked on the film experienced some deaths in their family. But a lot of people um, have said that a lot of this was just marketing gimmicks made up by Warner Brothers. Um, I believe that. It could be. I'm who knows? More likely to believe that. But William Freakin him said, said, I'm not a convert to the occult, but after I've seen all of this, I definitely believe in possession and we were played by some strange and sinister things from the beginning. I felt like we were playing around with something we shouldn't be playing around with. So, oh but God. it adds it's to so the whole, annoying. yeah, it adds to the, the allure and the, the mystique, mystique around yeah, the, the film. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, what is the exorcist even about? Hopefully you have seen it, but if you haven't, there's an actress named Chris. She rents out a place in Washington, DC because of a film role with her young daughter, uh, Reagan. And Reagan starts experiencing, it just starts demonstrating some bizarre behavior. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, there is a character that we also meet who is a priest. His name priest. is Father Damien Carras. His mother is dying mm-hmm. uh, and he is losing his faith. He is having an existential faith crisis, essentially. Mm-hmm. And... It all kind of coincides. Uh, Chris meets Karas by chance and she starts taking her daughter to get all these medical tests to find out what is wrong with her. And everything's just not coming up the way that science is failing her, essentially. And yeah, and it's actually the, the beginning of the film is quite 
to Rolando's point, it's quite slow moving. It takes its time because it's also it trying to kind of, you know, think about the 70s, too, when people had no idea what this movie was about. Right. And mm-hmm. kind of like no expectations of what is to come, because this movie is iconic to the point with the voice, with the head spins, you know, with mm-hmm. everything about it. Like there's so much iconic imagery that we get from this film that when we go back to it we, we're kind of cursed in our perception of it because we're always like yeah, we're exactly. waiting for what we know to happen but we also yeah, have that we expectation know, yeah those last 30 minutes are the most iconic parts of the film they really right? are yeah and that's what we imagined the whole film was but now upon my rewatch i'm just like wow that was literally like the last act of the film. yeah it was the build <laughs> it was the climax it was the everything that built up to it and because this whole movie is just one very long build up to that mm-hmm. um but the interesting thing with this is is that well so you had the you had that that decade the 1970s that never seen anything like this yeah before. yeah like this before and um th- but what you do see is a, a mother's desperation and a mother seeking all possible answers yeah so it may be a slow moving in the beginning but you see this uh like her like like a logical not she i i don't i don't think she uh prescribes to any religion but you see her trying to figure this out mm-hmm. for the sake mm-hmm. of her daughter going through everything that she possibly can getting advice from friends going to doctors going to specialists taking all exams getting to that point of desperation i have no other place to go yeah. um maybe this is something beyond the natural realm absolutely and and it's almost kind of like that's what's part of the horror of this movie is not the unknown right and also like we live in a world where we've given ourselves so many answers to things what happens when all of those things fail us Mm -hmm. and not be like things just downright out of our control which is what i think even though it's very slow moving and there's a lot of time spent with those tests done to reagan but those test scenes i actually think are really effective because it's very unsettling right everything that this girl is going through yeah i don't disagree with you those test scenes are unsettling but i also kind of have an issue with them upon rewatching because it's just like oh but this is just kind of like saying how science has no answers and it's kind of just i feel like making us it feels medieval it feels like no, science. Because sometimes it feels like science, science has no, no place, and we want to go back no, to the dark ages. We're going to rely on the church for answers. That's what it felt like to me upon the rewatch. No, and I'm just like, oh, I, I, look, I, 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 horrible. Yeah, horrible. I, I'm not going to negate your like interpretation of it. I just feel like it's very uh, oversimplifying because it's just saying because it's. <laughs> It's like either or, yeah. right? It's like if if we if we invest in this in the ritual supernaturalness mm-hmm. or spiritualness, then we're saying science is bad or science cannot figure out the answer. Exactly. No, what we're we're saying a process of 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 a person like systematically trying to figure this out, going through all the realms that she understands, then moving to a point. Um, moving to the point where she's like, I, this is beyond. Like, this wasn't in the mother's manual, yeah, so to but, speak. But the thing is, it kind of makes the doctors also look stupid, though, because, like, the doctors... How are the doctors Because stupid? the doctors literally see this woman floating, and they're like, well, you know, extreme psychiatric trauma can do this. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no doctors, so that's trying to go idiotic. For it, though, is that it's like, look at how horrifying it is that all of the logical things do not apply here, you know? And it's yeah. try- it's, like, more so, like... 
science is typically always going to be the answer. But what happens when it's not the answer? It's not like science is bad, science is stupid, and science is wrong. It's more so like, actually, wow, science does work. But look at what happens when science just doesn't give us the answers in this equation. No, here's the thing. It's because I think the doctors in this movie are really trying hard to like kind of apply their answers to uh, what's happening to Reagan. But the problem is, I feel like, realistically, like most any expert in this thing, there's a point they reach where it's just like, I don't know. They don't say that. They never really, uh, until like, I think it's like one doctor that finally tells like the mom, it's like, mm, maybe go see an exorcist, right? Mm-hmm. But like, for the most part, all the doctors are trying to like apply what their learned knowledge is at the moment uh, to like kind of apply it to her, like trying to give her a diagnosis, it's trying to like explain these unexplainable things, when in reality, like, I feel like most, I feel like anyone in the science fields would just, there is a point where they reject, I don't know what the answer is, but we need to find out what the logical answer yeah. is. Because I'm, you know, I'm a man who does not believe in like the paranormal and stuff, right? So like, obviously I would believe that there's an answer to this stuff, like electromagnets. I don't know. But I think that the filmmaker isn't saying, yeah, look at these stupid scientists. I think he's looking at it more from a humanistic thing. Like, look at these people's pride. And look at these people's, you know, like wanting to be definitive in their like thought process that they can't help properly. It's not necessarily a science problem. It's more so like human nature failing them. But isn't that ultimately like, like if that that kind of reasoning, isn't that why we have dummies like nowadays who won't take the vaccine, for example? No, I think it's no, it's too like, it's too, like, like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> Yeah. Like, no, let's look at what's it called. Let's it it at- could be their logic, but it's, this isn't the logic that's being portrayed for, for this movie or for, or for the a- book that was written for, uh, that came from this movie. That's right. Yeah, it it was a process. You see the process of, of, of this woman trying to figure out what's going on with her daughter. And, and also, this is, a certain, this is a certain time period where a lot of people's in profession did not want to admit, uh, that I'm helpless in this. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I'm helpless in this. You know, they always wanted to feed. There's an answer out there. There's an answer out there. Now, the point is that she kept on searching for answers, and this led to the exorcist. The, the, a Catholic church. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Roman Catholic exorcist, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I feel, like, very attacked by both of you guys. Right now, <laughs> yeah, well, so. if you're going to, like, enter a movie about people getting possessed by the devil, then you kind of have to roll with it. <laughs> Even if you oh, don't no. believe I in mean, it. obviously. I'm literally playing devil's advocate here. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think those, those, those scenes are among some of the most, like, really unsettling around the whole movie, too. Because it's also just like that, what the fuck is going on? And it really accesses, yeah, like... Is that how... Hmm? Well, oh, no. It's like, is that how barbaric they used to do MRIs? Like, maybe. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, your throat? Seriously. Like, I was just like, that's... So I think I would he made them like also MRI. look like really horrifying too. But I think we were we're oh, all able to access Rodin. like that feeling of going through something and not quite knowing what's wrong with us. Like I don't know if you guys have had scares or or anything like that in your life where like science didn't automatically give you the answer and it wasn't necessarily it was people. You know, people who you turned to who couldn't really maybe help give you the answers that you were looking for. The answer was out there, but you you mm. kept searching for it. So that, I feel like, is the one major relatable factor of the whole movie for me. I've never been possessed. <laughs> so the rest of the movie isn't as relatable to me as, like, say, those scenes are. So mm. um, I've seen possessions, though. Oh, yeah? T- yeah? Yeah, tell me about that. You've never seen, like, a tweaked-out, like, twink at, like, the <laughs> eagle? 
Stop, stop. I knew it was coming. I knew it. That's why. Stop, that's yeah. why I took the bait. Um, so Reagan's condition worsens. Her body becomes like covered with sores. Uh, there is like a moment where she's been left alone, and then when Chris comes home, her mother comes home. She finds that that like the person who is looking out for her is dead on the stairs with their mm. neck twisted. Who also halfway through that movie, the actor who played that guy died. He was one of the people that died during the film, the production of the he film. He died, but his scenes were done. His scenes were done, yeah. Okay. He served his purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, like, she just gets way more violent. She actually demonstrates uh, a pretty blasphemous act with a crucifix in her body, mm-hmm. and she turns her head backwards. And so her mom's like, okay, something strange is happening here. Let me ask my buddy Karas. <laughs> um, what point for you as a parent do you go to the Catholic Church? I know, right? <laughs> I'm just curious. I think it might be taking the crucifix and uh, doing what she did, where I was like, "Yeah, no, this this doesn't seem this seems unholy." <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's still exploitable. Be she's hormonal, exploring her body. I feel like that one you could give a pass to. I feel like the seeing the entire head turn. That's like, yeah, straight yeah. up like I feel like that's like okay. I don't even. It, yeah. You're an owl of some sort. So. Yeah. So Karas visits Reagan and has a conversation with the demon. The demon's like, my name is Pazuzu. I'm a representation mm-hmm. of the devil. I speak in tongues and I'm going to vomit on your fucking face. And so Karas realizes that he's way in over his head. So he gets the help and he gets a... I, I don't know if he's like has a different term, but his name is Marin. To help perform an exorcism. Father yeah, Father Marin. On. I don't know yeah. if he's like a bishop or anything like that. Um, no, there's no so. way that they have an exorcist bishop. <gasps> I, 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 do. I, don't, I don't. do. Wait, a bishop could be an exorcist? Yes, the power of the exorcism is given. It's it's the po- the power to exorcise demons, exorcism. It is it is is innate to the office of the bishop. Okay. Oh. Priests are only able to do it by the authority of the bishop. It's an extension of the power mm. of that. Okay. So a priest needs the authority to um to be able to do exorcism. It's also like confirmation for those who are Catholic and gone through the whole sacraments to get confirmed. The confirm power of the confirmation is from the bishop. It is bestowed to a priest. When necessary, when it's you know when, when there are like two hundred confirmations happening in the same month, one priest of that diocese, it, you know, it's not easy. So yeah, he'll yeah. he'll 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 exert that authority to the priests so they can confirm their classes. Oh, wait, so then do you remember is Marion a bishop? I don't. That, so I, I think, don't he, think I don't know. Yeah, I I I kind of forgot that. Um, you but who, but he he would have to have. To perform the exorcism, he would have to have the authority of the bishop. Yeah. So he would already have to have the authority. Because he was the one who was already like, he's the one we start off in like the Middle East and stuff. Like, and he's in the the desert. Mm-hmm. And I remember just watching, rewatching it. I'm just like, am I, is this like a different movie? I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Origin like, story like, for Marin. And that was like a straight up like 15 minute sequence. Yeah. It's, it's what de- definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it begins the movie. <laughs> so Marin reads uh, some Roman rituals and tries to exorcise the demon out of the child, and it is quite an endeavor to the point where Marin dies from a heart attack. And so Karas just... Oh, and also during 
they're trying to exorcise him, the demon takes the form of Caress's newly deceased mother. Mm-hmm. And pretty much like so messed up to take the form of your mother and to insinuate that she is in hell is is pretty <laughs> demons are fucked up man uh as we'll see yeah. also in the new movie <clears throat> so he gets so enraged that he starts to pretty much choke the child beats it and says take yeah. me take me take me and pazuzu then indeed mm-hmm. takes himself into the form of Karas and Karas having I guess the the hent- mental space spoiler alert to make a decision. He throws himself from the window and he kills himself. And then Pazuzu is now does not have a host anymore for him, which is crazy. There were so many people that were touching him when he was still like alive. So like, yeah, yeah. Why not jump? Mm-hmm. You know that priest who comes and be like, "Do you have anything to say? Any any confession?" <laughs> be like, "The man is dying." Yeah, right. Seriously. Like, I don't know. Just say, isn't there like a a blessing you could give to like all right he can't speak so like i absolve you of like any sins you may have committed <laughs> including letting a demon inside of you yeah uh i mean so so wait i did a little research here uh father Merrin is important because he um he's an archaeologist mm-hmm. um and he has studied and dealt with uh this demon mm. oh all right has, and okay. he already had a history in confrontation with this demon got it all right, so he he knew that. That's why we start out in the Middle East, yeah, uh, because it has to do with, uh, with the origins of the the lores and legends of this demon. Okay, cool. Do we ever know how Pazuzu quite came to be in Washington D.C.? Oh, I the, mean, it's uh, she was playing around with yeah, the with board. the with the Ouija board. Ouija board. Okay. So, so I, I think she just like kind of just, accidentally welcomed the spirit or something. Guys, don't fucking play with Ouija boards. Just don't do it. Why? They were made up by the Hasbro brothers, I think. They or, existed you know, before that, and then they took no, that they and didn't. they didn't. Actually, there's it. literally no evidence that they existed before that. Oh, yeah? Are you sure? I, was, I actually saw a documentary about this. <laughs> oh, like, you saw a documentary. Like this like, kind of lore about the Ouija board that is not real. Mm. It's like all marketing. Mm-hmm. And yet so many people have so many stories. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, because they're all fabrications of their head. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Whatever you it sounds so dismissive, Rolando. <laughs> oh you sound great. <laughs> no, serious. I'm serious. I, I'm like terrified because if we ever get a haunting, you're oh, that yeah. guy. I'm the, you're I'm that guy. guy. Yo, and I decided, Micah you know what? From paranormal activity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm more like, I'm trying to think of who. No, I already, because I've already talked about this with Eddie. We ever bought a house, like a nice big house, and it's cheap because they say it's haunted. It, I will have to die before I give up on that. Yeah, and I would say, hey, good luck. I appreciate it. It was a nice run. <laughs> not doing That's this. Great. Not that doing this. Great. Oh my gosh. Um, like a ghost is gonna kick me out of my own home? No. In this economy, no, thank you. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, since you rewatched it this morning, you know what are some thoughts you have about it? What are some fresh new thoughts of the overall film that you have? Yeah. No. Outside of the fact that not realizing how dull this movie was in retrospect uh it wasn't even like it wasn't even like a slow kind of like dread that kind of builds up but it's also i will admit this like from when i first saw it to like where i am now i'm a lot more cynical of like kind of like possession stories in general though maybe because i'm a lot more cynical with religion as a whole okay so that could like be what clouds my vision of these kinds of movies Mm. um so I don't know. Yeah, I was more like taken back. I was just like, oh wow, I just don't remember this movie being so like 
I, I forgot how long, how much time we spent like those tests and stuff. And they were, I will admit, like those were kind of like the one specifically the, the MRI when like they stick a needle and like they they drawing blood. I was just like, what kind? Like this seems like like witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, but you know, hey, like that's how how medicine probably was back then and how it has evolved. Like, thank God mm-hmm. that all I had to do is go into this tube to get an MRI now. Um, yeah. What else did I think? I guess I forgot how. Maybe for me, I, one of the things I do have an issue with is like kind of like the way we kind of go back and forth with uh, Father uh, Karas and like the family because it kind of just seemed for me a little disjointed because we don't get their connection until like later on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Like the movie kind of starts off with like going back and forth with like uh, mother and then Father Cross and like his and I was just like, but it kind of felt disconnected, like two watching two different movies simultaneously. Okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean the movie doesn't move at this beautiful breakneck speed, but the whole movie does kind of feel like a build up. If you were to kind of put aside all of that supernatural demonic possession stuff, and you just kind of were to take this as an allegory for like sickness, disease, and death, and how you know sometimes something can take hold of us and we don't know quite know what to do or what it is and it can absolutely ravage our bodies is really horrifying in terms of even like science has made so many strides you know but do we quite know everything that could happen to us do we quite know all the things that can ravage and disease our bodies and then maybe inevitably kill us and so many people too kind of coming with existential crises too with like especially with Karas hearing the voice of his mother you know, and him coming to terms with his own death through hers, I think is an allegory for all of that. The film is really scary. Um, and the inevitability of all of our demises and the deterioration of us. So, I mean, also demons are scary, whether or not they exist or not. Their portrayal that movies have done of them, they just, they don't fuck around, man. <laughs> they like are fucking ruthless and terrible and they want to hurt you. And that is, like, scary. So people with Mm -hmm. no redeeming qualities, well, they're not even people. Um, I think it's effective. I think the imagery has held up for so long because it's just, it acts as something that we're all really, like, at our core scared of. I think there's a body horror element to us, what happened to her body. It's the first film, I think, that Mm -hmm. really portrayed that a person's body can change. And I don't really know if that's actually how it necessarily works in, quote, real life. When someone gets possessed by a demon, I think movies have kind of given us this impression of what happens, but it works. It accesses like our deepest fears of our bodies deteriorating and stuff. So, yeah, once the exorcist actually finally makes his appearance and like we're in the house and we're seeing like the power of price compels you mm-hmm. uh, over and over again. I think that that whole act is like actually like, OK, finally, entertainment uh, and stuff. And I do agree with you i think the practical effects in this film are wonderful though. yeah like, they still they do still hold up and i've been saying it for five years now apparently but, uh you know practical effects over cgi always yeah you seriously know? and there was such a short window for like the golden age of practical effects because cgi really came in and took over in the 90s and even though like they were making practical effects before the 70s they perfected it i think 
because they were also the code was lifted the code that you know went over hollywood mm. was lifted and so now we could show things like blood now we could really get gross with our stuff and so the 70s and mm. 80s are just the best and at least in terms of horror because of how successful these artists were so and it's such a shame you know we don't really mm. have too much of that anymore uh the exorcist no, i know it, it really it is. really is yeah uh, the Exorcist obviously was a major hit and inspired so many sequels, like Exorcist Two: The Heretic, which was not a success. And I didn't know that there were sequels. Oh yeah, yeah sequels. Exorcist yeah. Three. And he told me about the sequels. Like, there's like five sequels. He said yeah, there's like, a no, lot. They, none really? of them have ever done as well as well, the first yeah. film, unsurprisingly. Uh-huh. Did you also know that Max von Sydow? Like, we've seen him in I feel like so many films, and he's always like this old guy. But in that movie, they they made him look 30 years older all by makeup. Like you didn't know that he oh. was actually like 40 years old, right? You thought he was a 70 year old man. Like that is good yeah. aging makeup, man. That mm-hmm. is. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause also if you see Max von Sydow in later films and you're like, wait a minute, how old is this guy? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> like, he's been 70 for how many years? It's, it's, it's like Maggie Smith. Yes. It's like, it's like Smith, she's yeah. been, she's been mature, very mature. For a very long time, it seems. Yeah, yeah like you know, Hook, just, which, uh, Hook is like my earliest memory of her. From being Sister like, Act to Hook to Harry Potter. Seriously, <laughs> she's just always, <laughs> she's always been seventy-five. Poor thing. Yeah. Um, and it's worth to mention that this this uh, this is based on a book, which is by based William on uh, a true event that has been documented by the Catholic Church of this. Uh, exorcism actually taking place uh the author did change um the names the names and you know uh and the sex it was actually a 14 year old boy um and we recently discovered the identity of this person oh really yeah like last year oh wow yeah so he's a nasa engineer oh uh he he lived uh, he has passed i think he's passed already um (laughs) And uh, he's uh, he's like uh, so so uh, supposedly, what has been said about him is that he after the events of the exorcism he doesn't remember what happened, mm. and he lived a relatively normal life. Nice. And, uh, okay. Is yeah. working for NASA relatively normal? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> pretty cool. That seems like a pretty exciting life, like working. No, for good NASA. for him. Yeah, he went to yeah. succeed far above <laughs> a lot of people. Imagine if he was imbued with like some technology, like some like knowledge and stuff, and that's how he ended working for NASA. Maybe, yeah. Look at them. He de- you know? dedicated his life to science. Look at that, Rolando. Actually, yeah, that that's you're right. That's a better takeaway. It's <laughs> <laughs> a better wrapping up of the story. So, cut to this year, 2023. David Gordon Green who started off making independent films like George Washington, then uh, transitioned into Hollywood films like Pineapple Express. And then back in 2018, decided he was going to retcon the Halloween franchise and made three films to make a trilogy. Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. The first of which we covered on this podcast back in 2018. We did. Yeah. That was our first year, That was our first year. It's one of our first 10 episodes. Um, Yeah, look at that. It's all coming full circle. Yeah. He decided his work was not yet done in reviving and remaking old movie franchises. He decided he was going to take his hand at The Exorcist. And so this is the first of a planned trilogy, with this one being The Exorcist Believer. And the next one already has its title. It's called The Exorcist Deceiver. 
my god. Okay. <laughs> I wish they deceived me and told me that this is it. I'm done. I don't have to watch the Exorcist movie. Here's- right. So just to also give context, the original, his first of the Halloween franchise, let's say, it picks up 20 years after the events of the first Halloween original. film. Right. And so he's kind of doing the same thing here where he's ignoring all the other sequels of the Exorcist. And this is supposed to pick up directly where the first Exorcist left off. Mm. And so the characters of Chris and Reagan McNeil exist within this exorcist world. But other than that, yes. it's a completely brand new story. Um, so yeah. supposedly there's talks that uh, the Reagan character may appear in the second movie. Mm, so she's not quite That's a possibility. Done with it. Okay. So it's kind of handling. Spoiler. But because no, I'm pointing to Nicole because that was like they were hiding the fact that they, they, uh, yeah. Linda Blair. Sorry, hopefully made a cameo appearance. <laughs> oh yeah, weird. oops. Oh, edit me out then. Just edit it out then. Yeah, let's. No, no, no. Keep it. It's fine. Interject that. Let's edit it out. That. Sorry, yeah. guys. Right in the last few seconds of the film, we see Reagan. We see. Talk Linda about a Blair. fucking cock tease. Let me tell you, <laughs> because not for nothing. Did I need to see Ellen Bernstein? Is that her name? Yeah, her name is Ellen Burstyn, yeah. I, I, Ellen Burstyn. I didn't need to see Ella Burstyn just, like, uh, monologuing. This <laughs> like, I, like, at least give me Linda Blair a little bit. And we got her for, like, all of, like, five seconds. Well, truthfully, you know, we don't know how much time Ellen Burstyn has. So I guess might as well have her do the role now in this first film. And then Linda will take over in the next films, I'm sure. I don't know. She seemed pretty... Peppy to me. Okay. You so, know how old uh, she I, is? I, I, no. How old is she? 90. No way. 90. I would have said like 80. 90. Which doesn't 90. sound like a big difference, but like if you've seen an 80-year-old and a 90-year-old, you know the difference. <laughs> that is the difference between um, uh, the senator that died from California and Biden. Huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say, Eddie? One died. So like, yeah, clearly. Yeah, clearly there's a big difference. Yeah. Wait, are we talking about believers yet? Yeah, we're, yeah, talking, we're talking about, about believers. Yeah. We're talking about Ellen Bercy. Did you know no, that she was ninety years old? No, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm just saying. Um, because the interesting thing is, th- this is not the same demon from. No, it is not the original. Yeah, it's it's not. not Pazuzu. No, it's not Pazuzu. Did... But it is, uh, one of his. Uh, well, a lover of this demon. Oh, oh even demons Pazuzu's can lover? have love. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the Catholic Church would have you believe that demons have many loves. And uh, mm, she, yeah. yeah, she is a goddess demon. Oh, it's a she. Yeah, she is, uh, according to lore, one of the first demons to reach the level of goddess uh, or godlike. Mm. And uh, her her thing is, is um, she terrorizes pregnant women. Wow. And she oh. causes uh, stillbirth, stillborns. Oh. So this kind of plays in what we see next in this movie with our relationship with parent and child, too. Um, and also, this is what I feel like the whole return of of our original cast, um, Chris and um, Reagan, Reagan, makes sense now. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Wait, when did they say the demon's name in the movie? I don't remember them saying the name. Because I thought I was waiting for that part. Like, because that's supposed to be a big deal, right? When you know the name of the demon. Yeah. So I actually don't remember can, like, it in the film. Yeah. I looked it up afterwards. Yeah. So did I. And supposedly they 
a, they were going to have um they had prepared a whole big bodysuit thing makeup to reveal the demon uh but it was decided to be cut out good really yeah decided not to do it good okay yeah wait in what sense like they're gonna have like a like we we're gonna see the demon yeah we're gonna see the demon oh yeah no i think that was a good choice to think although one of the things i would have cut out of this movie was the haiti scenes <laughs> The in the beginning I would have yeah yeah but I don't now they kind of all right I think there was a lot of Haiti for the movie and I had no hate on Haiti this no not, it's not it about cannot, that like it, it was just like, like it was a lot of buildup there um but I mean now I, I kind of get it now like like in, in reflecting and 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 um but reading much- a little bit about it I mean it kind of I just feel like sometimes these things got missed a little bit, like the the father losing the faith, losing his faith, yeah, his experience with losing his wife and how that played in losing his belief in God, yeah, and 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 that, and then her getting the blessing to protect her child, you know, this has to do, you know, and then connecting with the demon that's specific to the the demon that causes anguish and pain on pregnant women, yeah, or steals babies, so. Maybe we should give a quick summary of this film of what's actually happening. So for the exorcist believer, we start off with this family in uh, this husband and wife. They she's expecting child. They're in Haiti and uh, they are there doing a horrific earthquake and she dies. Right. And then we flash forward to the present day where now we see that, like, even though she died, the baby uh, that was in her womb survived mm-hmm. and well, is now being raised by him. I also just want to interject that right before we cut forward to the past, um, Victor, the photographer, is told that he has to make a decision. Oh, Victor, yeah. As the baby, the or, baby yes. or your right, wife. Yes. And so then we cut the baby forward or the and we see that he picked Angela. Yes. yes. That, or at least we know that Angela is alive. That's his daughter. And uh, she is going to... She is... This dad is a helicopter parent by all means. Like it very much is implied that like he is really dying. It's it's giving Lucille Bluth and Buster Bluth to be honest. Uh, because you know, like there was a point where she's like, "Can I go hang out with my friends?" and be like, "I'm your friend." Be like, "No, she needs friends, bro." Like, yeah, yeah, go hang out. All right, maybe if he was so overbearing, she wouldn't be trying to connect with devils here. So anyway, um. She uh, is asking her 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 dad for permission to hang out with her friends, and uh, what he doesn't know is that she's planning on like trying to connect with her deceased mother via I don't white paganism or something. I say white because it's a white girl uh, <laughs> teaching these things to the black child. Yeah, and she's a Baptist uh, child of religious parents. Yeah, and they disappear for three days. And when they reach, when they're found, right? There's like a big search uh, for these two children that have gone missing. Uh, when they're found, they just are not found normally. They're just like there's something off with them. And lo and behold, it turns out that they are possessed by a demon of some sorts. And uh, it's a race against time to save the children. Uh, and you have like they contact Ellen Burstein's character. Because she has experience with exorcisms. And, yeah. So since and, uh, Reagan got yeah. possessed in 1973 and she went that hor- 
through that whole ordeal. Uh, Chris has pretty much spent her life researching exorcisms in every culture, and she's become like renowned for her studies and for the book that she wrote. Um, and because of that, though, her relationship with her daughter has become estranged because she's like, wow, you can't just get over that horrific thing that I went through and now you're making money off of it. So, you know, it's been a point of estrangement between the two. Do you think Reagan was mad that it was like, how are you making money off of my story? <laughs> yeah. This is my story. Seriously. I should be the one making the money off of it. These are my film rights. I know, poor thing. Not yours. She's like, I kind of would love it if we stopped talking about this instead of you building your whole career yeah. after it, Mom. Thanks. Quite honestly, this is the movie I would rather see, like fighting for the life rights of the story. But that, but then it's too, the other thing too is is that uh, Reagan, if we if we go by, I guess the book and and the actual account, she she wouldn't remember. She didn't remember what happened to her. Yeah. So all this is gone. But then it's left with her mom trying to process this. Her mom had a serious paradigm shift. Yep. And now she's going to be like, I got to do something with this. Yeah. I have to do something with this. Yeah. No, absolutely. I have to. I need to know more. I need to share my knowledge. She's definitely a Scorpio. This this woman. Definitely. I can tell. <laughs> um, so they bring chris to the house to be like hey so our our daughter is like possessed and then Catherine stabs chris multiple times in the eyes with the crucifix blinding her yeah, Catherine's so, a white girl yeah Catherine's a white girl angela is victor's child so nonetheless yeah your babies are possessed there's also this um character named miranda who was a nurse who was present when they found the children and experienced their behavior. And she was like, Hey, so I used to be someone who was going to become a nun, but I decided it wasn't for me because of some choices I made. I'd literally told no one about that, but your daughter called me by the name that I was going to take. So okay. like that's some this scary is... shit. <laughs> yeah. According to Miranda. I, my main question here is, um, do you think this happens often where a woman will renounce her, calling to be a nun because she got dicked down so well that it's just like oh no, my god i don't need i can't be part of this <laughs> I can't because be that's basically what happened to her racist <laughs> was it so good i think she just you know she got pregnant got the abortion i don't know it sounds like it wasn't no worth it. she the story was that she oh was it because she got the abortion that she decided to renounce the nunnery? I think or so. Or was yeah. it because it wasn't, no, she had sex I, she, and she's just like, probably oh, probably both the whole experience. No, I don't want to. I can't miss out on this anymore. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You know, yeah. I'm just asking. I'm asking the real questions yeah. that we had. No, you're yeah, but no, you're you're asking the fire questions, the hot topic questions. Yeah. What, what you're what, what you're mistaken is that. The, this was a woman on a spiritual journey, mm -hmm. and and it, maybe it wasn't clear. I, I I don't like to per se the the lines that were used, mm. but uh, or how she expressed it. But she she may have a. I wasn't clear if she had a crisis of faith, mm -hmm. or whether the the sexual experience was something that she did out of like, um, whether it was not being maybe in the right mind maybe the situation was more aggressive than she was actually opening to say yeah um but it just came out like i did things i went against i, I went against my own my own volition and i and then i had an abortion yeah. you know so 
you know, that was like all that. But then, then you have her own kind of her own journey of like trying to reclaim an aspect of her her calling. Yeah. When she she took on the role of leading the exorcism. Yeah, I I know I I I came off jokingly or about this woman's situation, but actually this was actually one of my few actually favorite characters in the film. I actually did like the arc that they kind of did give her. Yeah, it was her opportunity to get uh, back onto this path, yeah. you know, that she strayed from, for sure. But to Eddie's point, though, I kind of do agree. I kind of maybe do wish they kind of did something a little bit more with her backstory because, like, you're right, it was a little too vague. Uh, and I forgot where I learned, but, like, apparently, like, you know, nuns, the amount of rape that they experience is, like, from, like, the within the church mm. is, like, a staggering and like even to just make a little kind of not to that maybe would have been mind you we're not saying that she was raped yeah yeah, yeah. that's or not what i'm saying at all i i it was just so it the, like, the vague it was like as she you know messed around with the guy and like uh-oh accidents happen uh but you know i think there could have been i think they could have had her wrestling with her faith a little bit more because it seemed like she because by the time that she meets uh she's with victor Aside the fact that she's like this raging lunatic about like the garbage cans, <laughs> uh, she is trying to be helpful, mm. and uh, but she seems like she's a woman of faith, right? Like she, yeah, no, one hundred percent. Like it, 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 it didn't seem at any point that she had lost her faith, and like I think I don't know, I think something more could have been done there with that character. For sure. I mean, there's a lot of characters here, you know, and there's a lot of there's different, so many characters. Because yeah. also, what happens is that Chris is like, hey, if you're gonna perform this. Um, you need to reach out to a bunch of different religious people, not just a Catholic priest. So, like, he goes and he seeks the help of a like a root work healer. Mm-hmm. Um, they get a pastor from their Baptist church. They get a Catholic church, and then they get like another, I think, uh, preacher. And they all like come together, and they're like, "Yeah, we're all yeah. gonna defeat this demon together." Yeah, so, okay, pause. So this is the point of the film where I whispered to Eddie, like, oh, my God, this film is horrible. <laughs> because we have Chris monologuing. Mm-hmm. And no longer, like, what I did, I keep in mind, this is before I rewatched the movie, but what I remembered at that point of the original Exorcist was, at its core, it felt like the story between good and evil. Yeah. Uh, a priests, priests too granted but like you know we were following for the main part uh father ari uh father uh karis aras karas yeah. yes uh and uh and his struggle trying to free regan uh here when we cut to the present um like this this story now it's about like we had to get the community together to save the day and i was just like i've lost interest this is now becoming too I don't know, like, like we all, like, kumbaya, it just didn't, it, it seemed silly to me, because she's basically, so her eyes have been gouged out now by this demon, and she is like, yeah, it happens, no big deal, but she's way too calm, as she's, like, having this monologue with uh, Victor, but she's, like, telling me, it's like, oh, the most important thing about an exorcism is community, well, we know that's not true, because two priests excised <laughs> Um, Regan yeah. in the first yeah. film, so like I don't think the well, logic there is flawed. Yeah, but Father Maddock, which was the priest that was helping them out in the beginning, uh-huh. he didn't have the authority of the church to perform this exorcism or to even be involved in it. To yeah. it seemed this all seemed that um, this all seemed that 
the girls are in dire straits right now that they're they're this possession is working really quick on them and the catholic church would not have enough time to evaluate what needed to be evaluated because in real life right in real life this is a process right to perform ma- what's called major exorcism there's a process that needs to happen there's, there's several steps very people specialists involved evaluations and stuff like that to get to the point of a major exorcism where you're exercising a demon out of a person right mm-hmm. this does look like this was happening the, the girls were deteriorating very quickly um and father maddox was like we need to do this and they were like ah we can't because it's like uh we need more stuff this doesn't seem this doesn't seem to be a major exorcism situation don't you just hate it when right? bureaucracy so, gets in the seriously. way so he didn't have <laughs> he'd have authority yeah oh F- fyi this pope that saint uh pope francis is actually pretty good at really um getting um exorcisms done oh yeah. he he's cool with the exorcisms well don't no don't twist my words they okay, don't have a right. normal <laughs> so another another words he, he he's he's out like hey we, there's a job that needs to be done we should be doing it wait that do you think okay all right so moving from that wait uh, but uh, father Matic did not have the authority <laughs> of, of the bishop yeah right. so and if we go by that if we go by laws of rituals and rules of rituals the power of the bishop did not extend to him at the time for exorcism, right? Mm-hmm. But the community is necessary because this is what she's learned. This is what Chris has learned from her experience. The, the power of community gathered together in the goodness of the person saving the person's soul has power there too. Going back to our belief that the church is not just the priests and the bishops. Yeah. It is the people. The church is the people. That Christ's body is among the people. Mm-hmm. It's like too. that. It's like that. Here is the church. Here is the steeple. Open the door. See all the people. For sure. I see both of it. I I do see Rolando's kind of like kumbaya complaint of the moment, but I also like the message that is at the core of that moment. So. Well, here we go. Hang on. Now I'm gonna like put another hole in that, in that in that message here, right? Which I kind of took issue with the film because we remember that like. Chris, her character said that like, oh, these uh, rituals have been throughout all of history, all different faiths, right? And yet, in this film, all we focus on are like Christian versions of this ritual, right? From like the Santera to the Baptist to the Catholic, but, right? But the, we didn't see the practice like any of the Santera, version. What, what or... she wrote on the floor is not per se what you get in, in Christian doctrine. Right, you but know, like, but th- that that's something that's that's another level. That's I, I feel like still different. Santeria, though, like I don't know, like I don't. So, because yes, we talked about this yesterday, which is just like Santeria is like this, uh, uh, this religion where like the slaves from Africa, like they kind of took to to in order to practice their faiths, like they just like adopted Christianity as kind of like the uh, facade, right. So that they can, like, still practice their faith without, like, getting in trouble with their masters. Yeah. Right? That is how Santeria came to be. But I think it's kind of evolved because aren't they still, like, for the most part, like, aren't they now, like, predominantly still Catholic? I could be wrong about this. Eddie, you might know. Uh, I, I I don't know about that, but you know, okay, yeah. yeah See, because I don't know. So I but don't know the, those like, elements, you know how, like, those religion like evolves and stuff, and it's the, just something just okay. a Christian thing. 
but those elements are still in play mm-hmm. and two and and remember even it, this is how it always worked too we, we you you have uh you, you take the foundation or you you gather your foundation is built about what already exists too i i, I mean the the first christians most of them were jewish and they brought their traditions there and those traditions then were passed on in one form or another um to the gentiles and then you had the romans and and their celebrations and how can i be a follower of the way but still not get persecuted by the romans because i'm not following their pagan holidays as they hid their belief system within the pagan holidays you know yeah if you also think of it as folklore and mythology in terms of a christian folklore and mythology they're the ones who give the ideas of hell as portrayed in this movie so i Mm -hmm. think that in terms of who they're taking their folklore from they kind of also have to focus more so on the christian mythology so to speak Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was just I just said it's just like this would have been an opportunity where it's just like oh it would have been great to have someone from a different faith or like a whole different culture who has like their own ways or like this is how we solve exorcisms in Sri Lanka or something I don't know yeah could have been especially because they introduced that I see it because they introduced the community aspect of it so it should have yeah, been more of a community, the, the community effort ended up being a community that's been christianized yeah well they introduce that and you're like wow the power of love can overcome everything and then it's like actually no this demon is so fucked up that it's gonna do a sophie's choice (laughs) on everybody Mm. and be like okay choose one to live and i'll take the other one with me and yeah the devil or these these people man they play tricks when they do that to you Mm. you cannot play their games because they're always lying that's the one thing that like our media has taught us is that they like to play tricks on us. I actually thought, okay, so yes. So yeah, the demons are like, oh, there's two children who have been possessed, right? But like only one will survive. You get to pick. Both uh, the, the Catherine's mother couldn't come to make a decision, no. nor could uh, Victor's uh, Victor. The uh, it wasn't uh, about Angela's. making a decision. No, no, no. But they knew. They knew. They, knew. They, they like, no, we're not going decision. to make a decision. Of course, uh, the weak-willed father was just like Catherine. I choose Catherine, thus costing her life. Which I kind of pointed out to Eddie as we were walking the dogs. Yesterday. I was just like, why would the demon care? Like, like he made the deal with the devil. Like the demon should be like honoring that deal. Like why punish? Why punish the guy who said, is like, you know what? I Here you go. I agree to your terms. Because it's fucked up. And because demons lie. Well, because That's now this idea. guy needs, you gets believing. to live with this tra- trauma for the rest of his life. That's what yeah, demons so, love. So, so not, oh, so, <laughs> oh, I guess you're right about I, that. I explained that, that to you yesterday. Sense. I said the exact same thing. Did you? Did yes, you? I did. <laughs> I, I guess I was just in my own. It has the higher my... trauma effect. Yeah. Oh, that is what you said. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's I, the I higher trauma that. effect. Mm-hmm. So not only does he make a choice that fucks everybody over, he loses. He thought okay. he was going to win because at the end, it's like, at, uh, I will deal with my guilt as long as I have my daughter. No, I have to deal with my guilt and the loss of my daughter. I see. You're right. Because if he if it was then Victor who just gets punished, then Victor just has the guilt of just losing his daughter. And he has someone he can point the point finger, finger to. Yeah. But that's, that's not yeah, as yeah. much right. fun for a demon. So I suppose you're right. I guess you have. Thank you guys for like 
addressing the demon psychology for me. Yes, and also <laughs> at that point too, the demon through Angela was like, "Hey, you didn't pick me. You wanted, you know, your wife." Oh yeah, yeah. that was the twist that I kind of did appreciate in this film was that we go back to the flashback of uh, what happened in Haiti. And when the doctor gave the choice to Victor, it's like either your baby or your wife. We, we can't save both. He picked his wife. Yeah. Which I thought is just like, oh, interesting choice because like she'll hate you. What is she like? She'll probably I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there'd be so much resentment. No, for sure. Right? Well, this movie has a lot to say, honestly, about making choices in your life and the at least intention behind making choices in your life. You know, do you, why do you choose for your own good or for the good of something, somebody else of the greater good, right? And so it gives two situations in where people lose based on the decisions that they make based on their selfishness, you know, based on their cowardice, based on their pride. And so these type of emotions that we experience as human beings will only destroy us in the end hang on i think there's another choice that also costs something and that was chris going up those stairs by herself like chris should know better what i, I was like that was not i feel like really that was not necessary like the whole i got I, I like does she need to lose her eyes like was what, know, come right? on yeah. oh yeah first, you know, when i saw those stairs i thought she was gonna fall yeah, and, i'm like and oh then I'm, like, I'm like hey i mean you should know i mean Hey, you demonically possessed. I'm really not gonna go anywhere in any room by myself with you or touch you. No, that was okay. that was. She was proud. She was very proud in that moment to see the demon and like to stand up to the demon. But it's just like, Chris, you're like 90 years old. I'm like, how about you wait until like someone more youthful is there with you to protect you? <laughs> just saying, like, there's no need for you to go up there and like encounter that demon by yourself. Yeah, that was a little. It was much. so. And I feel like the priest Dumb. didn't need his head to be twisted. Oh yeah, yeah. Practically, so part of. That. I felt that was a, yeah. I felt like, mm, you know, I felt like all the things leading up to the priest being there were good, and that was actually I felt like a, a um, that was like a moment where I was. I had like chills when he walked in and 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 started praying and stuff oh, like that. No, people clapped Wait, in the audience. Be because really? all the things that he had to go through to get to that point, he didn't have the the bishop's authority on it. He was just going on his own volition and own faith, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at the same time, too, let's be real. It's 2023. If you're involved in a situation that leads to a death of a child, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're responsible. And that scene, when that girl, when Catherine dies, Right. Everybody's in trouble. Yeah, seriously. Mm. Everybody's in trouble. No, it's true. Yeah, yeah. But I also think that uh, that element, which I agree was unnecessary, is because at the end of the day, these people are making a new Exorcist film and they want to top off all the imagery that you saw in the other films. So yeah, they yeah. want to see people's necks get twisted like that. Oh, we're not going to possess one girl. We're going to possess two girls. We're not going to yeah, say... Right. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Being like, it's just like, how do we make this more epic? Pretty two much, girls yeah. get possessed. And so those moments, I was like... I think the crucifix in the eyes and blinding her. I think that was a moment where I was like, okay, I guess they needed a reason for her to not be present. Also, because at this point, let's face it, Ellen Burstyn's 90, so they couldn't give her too much to fucking do. So it's like. I'm going to throw her down the stairs. Yeah, yeah just throw, throw her, her down, down the stairs. That's the stairs. Yeah. stairs. Stuff like that. But it was like But shocking. no, we needed to reconnect her with Regan later yeah. on. Yeah. So, and so at the end of the movie, Victor has his daughter back. Uh, Angela's going back to school and. Hope, let's see if she remembers any of this shit. We don't really spend too much time with Angela figuring out how she's doing. 
Um, mm-hmm. The parents, obviously. One played by, what's her face from um, Lady Antebellum, or maybe now they're just called Lady. Jennifer Nettles. Antebellum. Jennifer Nettles. Who's that? She was the mom. Is that the she mom? She was the mom, yeah. She's from Antebellum? Yeah. Oh, wait. Is Antebellum the bad word? I think that's the I one that, lady. I think it's just Lady or something now. But I think it's Lady A. Lady A, yeah, something like that. Maybe. Anyway. I didn't know that that was her. She's a singer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love her voice. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know she was, I actually no, wait, that, that sorry. was Steve Carell's She's from Sugarland. Wife. She's from Sugarland. I'm so sorry. I don't know what that is. I thought it was, I, there were points where I thought it was Steve Carell's wife. I don't know her name, but like, I've seen her in a lot of TV shows. She's a comedian. I'm like, this is, she's in horror. But it wasn't no, her, yeah, so no, not her. Um, and okay, so yeah. So that family now has to live with their guilt of the actions that they did. You know, Victor gets the they, guilt from it was the it only was really one, him, but she has to stand by her yeah. husband's side. Uh, Victor gets to repatch things up with his daughter, and then Chris, blind, sitting there, hears somebody walk in, and she's like, "Is that you, Victor?" And then we see Regan step down and go, "No, it's me, mom." And then that's it. That's all we get from Linda fucking Blair. But this movie says that now, after all these years, Reagan and Chris are finally reunited. So we only know that terrible things are going to happen to them now in this next film. Sure. I mean, there's going to be a whole trilogy, right? We know that at some point, Reagan's going to probably get possessed again because they can't leave her alone. Leave that girl alone. Seriously, leave her alone. (laughs) How Um, do we feel about the fact that this is the first film in a new franchise? Terribly, because I have... Do you know where I took the biggest issue in this film also? What? Was how cartoonish... There was this montage... Not montage, but like the scene where they're doing the... You know how like uh, in The Exorcist they do the power of Christ compels you and they're doing the prayer, right? Okay, in this film, there's a moment where like everyone's kind of doing their own version of their own prayer, right? Around this two girls. And I really was just like, huh. I really thought it was just like, is this film trying to tell me that like how silly religion is because that's what it's kind of feeling like because it was looking clownish i love these reads you that read was the only word silence. i know that i know i didn't only... see that at did all you, did you wait so you didn't pick that you didn't feel that at all like when everyone is doing all like their own religious version of like this exorcism and they're all kind of working together and it, it felt for me like a cartoon i was just like is this is this trying to tell me that like religion is Silly? Like that's what it felt like to me. All mm. I can think of is that just, just, just. I just don't believe that just one road. Yeah. To God. I think it's more you so know? that it's more I, complicated. That that there is a there there is a mosaicness of what they were doing, in in combina- like the combination of their faiths and their expressions mm-hmm. was what community is about. Except of being like, oh, I'm this and you're that, you know. So you're over there and you're I because you don't believe what I believe. I can't respect you or your belief is not, you know, like your your belief is not going what's going to get you to heaven. Yeah. You know, they were like trusting in the fact of like we need to bring everybody in here. Everybody needs to bring in their superpower yeah. faith. Yeah. To help these two girls because but, we're up against a big demon. I think here. if but they the failed. people amongst them were like, what are you saying? But why did they fail? Like that, and they were judging each that other. Would, it was happening. It was working. Remember when the gas was released? Uh-huh. You know, the 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 spiritualist, she was like, this is the beginning of an eruption, mm-hmm. the release of the demon. Yeah. Right? right? So it was already the beginning of the work. It was the choice. When they made that choice, it, the father of faith acknowledged the demon and his contract, leading to the demon having power. 
right? Uh-huh. And then that was like, okay, release one child. I'll give you the I'll take right. the other. Right. Two. That's uh, when it all fucked up. Right. That's okay. when it like all kind of big there's the beginning of, of how this was gonna be messed up. Yeah. Also, Nicole, mm-hmm. when the spiritualist turned off, do you think that she was a little too quick to turn off that candle for the other girl? <laughs> yeah, actually now that you think about uh, it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the spiritualist like almost see, not that she was like happy about it, but she was very quick to be like, mm-hmm. I just turned <laughs> turned the candle off. I yeah. Remember. Yeah. I yeah. did laugh out loud at that point. My my thing too is 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 uh <laughs> like Catherine, does she lose her soul? Because it like we see her we see her that she's back in the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. And that mm-hmm. and then it's like the, the take that she's been taken. Oh, you know? maybe that's what you were supposed to see, the monster demon. Oh yeah, it probably was there actually. I think the implication is is that now her soul belongs to the demon. You know, in terms of the representation of mythology here. Like, I think now she's in hell. So I think the sequels, though, if up. there are sequels, I hope there's not. But if there are sequels, my guess is probably What do you mean? Follow. How much, Nicole, how much did they spend on this franchise to buy this franchise? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I, I heard, correct me if I'm wrong, half a billion. Wow. On this franchise? On the franchise. Wow, Blumhouse. Preparation for three movies. I... I don't know. Also collaborated with Peacock to purchase distribution rights for four hundred million total. Four hundred million. How much has this movie made so so far? The budget. Okay, the budget was thirty million. So far, it's raked in forty-six million. So it's on its way to recuperate. But the reviews are not very good. Um, No, I think that the scary, the scariest part about this movie is that there's going to be two more for sure. And oh, that is actually there. You go, Bang, yeah. Title right there. yeah. <laughs> Although I don't necessarily like have as many nitpicky problems with the film, I just d- think it was living too much in the shadow of the original film, and kind of I don't know. A lot of the elements I were just kind of unnecessary. I liked the idea of community. I actually liked the Miranda speech at the end where she's like, I think people are born with hope and that, you know, our lives can be anything and that there's going to be things that test us and it makes us stronger, whatever. Like, I actually bought that also, at the end. That yeah, yeah, I forgot about that monologue also because now I'm wondering is, just, is this, is that considered evidence? <laughs> is that monologue? Maybe. Like, can the copy use it I hope she returns in the next one. I don't really care for the Victor story. I don't think his story... I didn't really connect with Victor at all at the end of the day. So the person that was yeah. guiding me through this movie, I didn't care for, which is in direct contrast to the fact that the Chris and Reagan, you know, daughter-mother story was so, I think, a very strong element of the first film. It was so lacking That's my problem, here. too. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I like this this actor. I've, and he's been on Broadway mm-hmm. and, and, and stuff like that. And um, I like him. I just felt like he kind of had one face throughout the whole movie. Yeah. You know? Just had, like, one serious face throughout the whole movie. And I know this is a lot. I just felt like I, I didn't feel the emotional connection. Uh, for him, mm-hmm. I did more for the for the daughter, but not per se uh, for him. No, for sure. Um, I think the problems with narrative mm. films sometimes is that your character has to go through some arc. And I truly believe that a lot of the times we'll watch films and where the filmmaker's concern is not the character's arc. And so you'll get a lot of main characters who just you feel nothing for because the filmmaker's thought process is elsewhere. 
And so the character arc of Victor, it technically has to be there. And like, oh, here's a man who had a crisis of faith and who lived with guilt. And this whole horrific event kind of healed him in this terrible way. But none of it comes through. It all feels kind of shoehorned in and it's there, but it wasn't done very well. And I don't think I don't think David Gordon Green really gave two shits about it. Because also... Well, what did he give a shit about? Because, I mean, the scares were... Outside of the jump scares, it wasn't really like an impressive movie. It had two jump scares, FYI. And yeah, you jumped in and like... I did. I'm a sucker for jump scares. I love them. I eat them up. No problem. Yeah. But there was a point where I was like wondering, is this a jump scare movie or is this a psychological thing? Exactly. Yeah. You know, choose, what choose, movie do choose you want to be? be? Yeah. yeah. It's like giving me a mixed mashiness of it. Yeah. The power of Christ... What was it? The um, body and blood. The body and blood scene, mm, right? Mm-hmm. All right, is terrifying. I think. No, it terrified me because there's not there's nothing like being in a church during mass and something crazy shit bat crazy happens in the middle of that in the safe space. You know, that totally in a safe space is like what the f? Yeah, that was crazy to to see the priest like trying no not the priest the the pastor, the pastor. there trying to like compose himself. As she's walking down the aisle and everything, and then it's just like yeah. both the parents are screaming, "Stop it! Stop it!" And she just gets louder and louder and louder. I wish something happened though, because nothing happened though. She just kept screaming, right? And then they took her. She out, just kept yeah. screaming. I was hoping. I really was hoping that, like, okay, fine, maybe here she'll like pee on the carpet or something. Right? No, like, but she already see. desecrated. I mean, she already had poured the body and blood. She like she desecrated that that area. By drinking it? I no, no, she, she smashed it. everything. She the the body like oh, uh, I thought it the was floor all over her. It and like she was drinking it, and uh, the wine I was on the blood actually. was on the floor, and oh. then but she was covered in, in it, mm-hmm. in the communion. Yeah. She was covered in the yes, communion. Yes, yes, that's right. Do you remember? So, I remember the other standout thing from my in this film for me was like the, the way they give out the wine in this church. I was like, oh, I love it. Like they get little shots. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? I because I remember asking Eddie. I was just like, "Oh my god, is this like a COVID thing?" I love. No, it's not a COVID thing. It's a it must be a Baptist thing. So I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. I thought it was so cute, and I was just like, "Well, I learned something yeah. new." But see, this is the problem with all, I guess, continuations of franchises, and this is the problem with going back and watching the original Exorcist is that you know exactly what to expect, and so all of us entered this film with some sort of pedestal that this film needed to meet. And maybe that's unfair because it needs to hold somewhat of a candle or it needs to do justice to the original film, which well, no actually, film could yeah, truly ever film, do unless it yeah, was very well, I mean, much its me, own. Mm-hmm. And then for me, like the film itself, what I go back to rewatch is like, oh, wasn't he, this film doesn't even deserve to be on the back. Yeah. I had it on. But what did the original film do very well? You know, it told actually a really good story of its main characters and it built up mm-hmm. this sense of dread. And those are the two things that I was hoping that this film would do good at. And it didn't. Yeah. Bam. Yeah, That's didn't. it for me. So it was a bit of a disappointment, but whatever. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, way to kick off. I mean, what a what a spooky season. What a way yeah. to kick off yeah. the spooky season. Our return from our break. It's just like, oh, we had because we had a good run of like decent to good stuff. I would say. Absolutely. And like. Yeah, but I'm although let's be I'm, real. I'm hopeful for the next couple of properties. So, well, let's be real. If, if they if they listen to the critics, if they if they if they listen to people's uh, comments on this movie, mm-hmm. I think because to decide, okay, we're going psychological supernatural thriller, 
we'll focus on that. Yeah. F the jump stairs, uh, slow burn, you know, high high grossness here. Um, let's 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 re- they want demons. Let's give them demons. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That, no, for sure. Uh, and and but and but then a character like really like what what we have. What I really still love about the the first one is it is you see you see the mo- you see her character Chris as a mother just really feel go through all the emotions all the emotions yeah and you get that from that I, I want that for my next main character for the franchise no absolutely and honestly my favorite scenes in the movie was when she came back and it was like all of like the you know references and stuff to the first film and then I kind of you know and then after that I was like ah oh, not enjoying it as much. So, mm. just FYI, the Vatican does does run a uh, an exorcist uh, exorcism class. Class, <gasps> uh, it's a week long course Ooh. where priests from all over the world go. Uh, it is uh pretty popular. How uh, much does it cost? Uh, three hundred. Well, uh, according to what I have here from twenty eighteen, three hundred and seventy bucks. That's a bargain for a week long class. Yeah. Uh, week long class. And Wait, do I have to be a priest to like? Yes, it's for the priests. It's for the oh. priests. Priest. <laughs> uh, stuff like that. I would love to take the class. Just um, so that way I would go to like Halloween I, parties. I, uh, don't, I mean, please correct me, but uh, I, I know that they have opened this in the past to people who are not ordained priests. Mm. Uh, depending on certain circumstances, you get a. Uh, uh, dispensation from the diocese that you're from and um i i think this is what that couple the conjuring couple got mm, uh, okay so nice um, nice yeah so it's that uh according to i mean the last note i mean the i so i checked up what is the most what is the country with the highest of uh, exorcisms mm-hmm. okay and is let's it Cuba? See. All right. So this is from November. Is it above the equator? Twenty. Yeah. Oh. Oh. November twenty thirteen. Mexico had the highest numbers of exorcisms. Oh, okay. Wow. That makes sense. Okay. That's twenty thirteen. So that could have changed. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, we're about due for our ten year report on that. So hopefully we get it uh, before <laughs> before the year is out. But. <laughs> Um, all right, great. Well, kind of a bummer to spooky season start off for the podcast, but we're looking forward to some of our next properties. We're most likely going to be doing the fall of the Hall, the House of Rush- Usher. Why can't I say that title? The fall of the fall House of, the of House Usher. Of- Usher. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Usher. <clears throat> okay. Well. <laughs> that was uh, so Nicole, random. Please, okay. never more. <laughs> never more do that. Nicole, never more do that. Possessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what just happened. I have no memory of it whatsoever. Um, all right. Well, until next week, stay, stay unoriginal. unoriginal.